Well, hey there. My name is Dan Young. I'm here with a good friend of mine, uh, Brother Jim Weidman. And, you know, Jim, I was thinking this morning, knowing that we we're preparing uh, to do this, that it was actually back in uh, the year 2000 that we met. Back in the year two, in the year two thousand. That's right. So, so this is our actual twentieth anniversary. I apologize. There you go. There I you didn't go. get you a gift. Well, you, know, you should have. I you should have. have. I know. I know better. Yeah, some hand sanitizer. Some hand, maybe some toilet paper. Right. We'll yeah, toilet paper. Send, send me some right. toilet paper. Well, Jim, you know, uh, you have been just a tremendous influence and mentor in my life, as you have been to countless of other people you know uh again preparing to talk with you today you know if you've written how many books have you written 15 15 books and so not only have you worked in a local church and you've trained volunteers you've trained staff but you've trained children's pastors all around the world and on top of that you have 15 books that kids <laughs> pastors like myself use as resources to then train and equip their volunteers so I was trying to quantify that today, and there's really no way, is there, to put a number on the amount of people that you've influenced over the years in your ministry, not on this side of heaven anyway. And I believe that someday when we cross over, uh, man, it's going to be just an incredible uh, amount of, of people that have come to Jesus because of what you've done. So personally, I just want to say thank you uh, well, for thank the influence you, on my life personally, and on my family as well. So as we start, just, just tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit about your family. For those that are watching that may not uh, be as familiar with uh, what you do. Yeah, as soon as I talk, they're going to know that I'm from the South. And uh, uh, it's kind of fun. I was born in Alabama and grew up there and became an Alabama fan at a young age, roll tide, and uh, went to college in Mississippi, met my wife, had a Mississippi baby. Uh, and some of you know Yancey. Y'all yep. do use a lot of her uh, ministry, uh, music and stuff. Yep. And she's my oldest daughter. And uh, so uh, we moved back. I worked at a church in Mississippi, too, in Alabama. Was out in Oklahoma. And that's where I met you. I was there for 17 years. And uh, then uh, for the last 13 years, I've been in Tennessee. And uh, so I uh, started as a children's pastor, children's uh, pastor in my 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, working on uh, in my 60s, halfway through with it, and getting ready for the next one, and uh, uh, have just had so much fun working with families, working, getting to see the whole birth of the modern children's ministry movement, and then family ministry, and now I'm getting to be a part of the uh, intentional grandparenting movement that's happening. Uh, I have two daughters, two married, grown daughters. I have two grandsons. Uh, Yancey has a little boy, nine, little boy, uh, three and a half. And um, i tell you what, we, we all live close. And so even in this quarantine, uh, we've been rocking family lunches on Sunday and enjoy uh, being intentional about some of the time that God has given us as well as just taking advantage of some of the opportunities we've been given. And that's really what we're going to talk about today is just being intentional Great. and uh, how in this season and in every season of life, whether it be in business, whether it be in family, whether it be in ministry, uh, just the importance of being intentional. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You know, I saw a video that uh, Yancey posted over the weekend 
of this Hosanna, hashtag Hosanna 2020. By yeah, Sandy. Hosanna and, uh, Rock. Hosanna Rock 2020, and it was a song that she put out, uh, which is a great resource for local churches, and it was your family recording in a driveway, and it was, it was, it was fun, it was precious, it was funny, and it's just so good to see you intentionally being involved, not just in your yeah. kids' life, but now in your grandkids' lives as well. Yeah, it's so fun, and uh, Yancey has an Easter playlist, and you might want to share that yep. uh, with the folks, and uh, it's on Spotify, it's on wherever you get music. Uh, there's a uh, you, where there's a, a availability for a playlist, and uh, so um, there's some yeah. great Easter songs, and that's one of them. That's great. Yeah, we'll we'll go ahead. I saw that playlist, and we'll we'll go ahead and link it to this uh, video as well. And get out there and and listen because she does put out some some really incredible. She's very very talented and has just a heart for for Jesus, for worship, for kids, and uh, I assume that. Uh, the apple didn't fall far from the tree when it. Well, you know, I told my kids years ago that if I was a farmer, they'd be picking something. And, uh, you know, growing up in the ministry, uh, b before I had interns or staff, I had kids and um, we spent time together. My wife and I homeschooled because of my travel schedules. Because right. uh, so much of my ministry, I have, um, you know, done about 30, 35 training events as well as working the local church on the weekend and don't travel like I used to thank the lord but uh when the girls were little and so we started homeschooling and uh so i gave my wife a day off uh you know everybody gets a day off and homeschool mom and so on saturdays uh that was my day for the just spend with the girls and uh we'd play in the mornings and then set up for church in the afternoon and so I always tell folks long before I had interns, I had daughters. They did all the jobs the interns did. Yeah, yeah, I get that. We have uh, three as well, and they've been homeschooled, and they're they're in their teenage years now, and they've been an incredible blessing. I've always told them this isn't this isn't dad's ministry. This is that's our it. ministry. That's that's all. Do. Yeah, and that's the best. You know, uh, you know, you train kids for a lifetime of service, and that includes the ones that live at your house. Right. And if you want your kids to love the house of God, if you want your kids to serve, then you need to be intentional about setting that model. You know, um, heads lead, tails follow. Uh, we're the head, not the tail. And so the best thing we can do to lead well in every area of our life is just set a good example. And when I point to my kids, there's three more fingers looking back at me, and I have to remember that. Yeah, that's and true. Uh, so, you know, being that model and being intentional, you know, we have uh, right now, uh, we have a gift that's been given to us. And some people don't think it's a gift. Uh, you know, I've laughed. Some of the memes that are out, out right now are just kind of hilarious. If you get on Facebook and you see all these different things people are posting that are funny. But uh, you know, all the things that we said we'd do if we had time for, we're finding out now that having time was not the problem. The problem was whether or not we uh, are going to be intentional. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, only, uh, you don't hit what you don't aim at. And uh, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And so the important thing is for us to say, what are we aiming for? What is our goal? What do we want to come out of this thing? Um, 
being able to to take back some things that we hadn't had time for. I, you know, Frank, I'm believing God that uh, uh, that that during this time, it's gonna. There are certain things that we don't need to quit doing. Okay. Uh, there's things we started doing that I I hope we don't quit. Like family meals, man. I hope uh, I hope we don't go back to just eating in the car and yeah. picking uh, all that stuff up. And yeah, that's, uh, good. that's you know, there's so many things. Uh, I know for us, one of the things that we started doing, besides um, you know having all kind of things for people to participate with on time, we started just sending all of our lessons to our parents and getting them to teach their kids and teach the lesson uh, just like our, our, our kid staff does at church, because really and truly another thing I hope that doesn't stop is parent involvement yeah. with spiritual things, because yeah. uh, you know, everybody, every educator knows that parents who are involved uh, with uh, reading, with writing, with science, all yeah. these different subjects, uh, they have an advantage uh, sure. over the kids that don't have parental health. And if it's true with math and science and history, it's also true with spiritual things. Yeah, and sure. I think, you know, when we look at Deuteronomy chapter six, we see that really it was parents that uh, don't just have the responsibility for physical care, but also spiritual nurturing and spiritual care as yeah. well. And, you know, it says, you know, in Deuteronomy 6, it says that these precepts are to be upon our hearts. And so, again, there's that whole thing about being the example. Uh, it's not just do what I say, not as I do. It's come follow me as I follow the Lord. And uh, I hope that uh, parents remembering what God did and teaching it to their children is something that they don't stop doing when this quarantine ends. Really, you can sum up every Jewish feast day and holiday with God telling parents, uh, remember what I did and teach it to your children. And even grandparents, you know, the first scripture that talks about your children's children is in Deuteronomy 4, chapter 9. And it says that, uh, again, you're to not forget what God has done in your life and you need to do all in your power to remember and teach it to your children and your children's children. So sure. that that God story that uh, of God's faithfulness, that God story of answered prayer, that being intentional about these times to talk about the Lord, um, I think is one of the things that um, we don't stop doing when you know the Corona crazies are over. Yeah. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, uh, we, we do a thing at our church and we call them, uh, you know, God sightings. Where, where are we seeing God yeah. move on a regular basis? And it really is a very common language, especially amongst our staff or our lead pastor. We'll get yeah. up you know, every staff meeting. And the first 15, 20 minutes, we talk about God sightings. Yeah. And mine over the last few weeks has really been the involvement of parents at home the engagement yeah. that they're having as they sit together, because we're broadcasting our kids' services online as well. We're putting out there the curriculum, the resources. And one of the fun things is, is getting the emails back, you know, yeah. or the photographs back of families 
as they're sitting around their living room, TV's on, they might be in their pajamas. And as a family, they're engaging in God's word on a kid's level, like I've never seen in my 20 plus years of ministry. So yeah. you're right, that, it, it, it's just such a huge win and something that I hope would continue yeah. for years to come. Well, Dan, you know, uh, God's word to parents, because that's what Deuteronomy 6, it wasn't the preachers. Uh, there were parents, there were grandparents, there was aunts and uncles, cousins, the entire family was there. And uh, again, it says that these precepts are to be upon your heart and press them on your children. And yeah. that goes back to that whole idea of intentional behavior, because yeah. if you impress something, that means that that is intentional pressure that you, exi that you exert. Uh, enough to leave a mark, and it's something you meant to do. And, you know, we have so many desires for our kids. We want them to have a better education. We want them to uh, be prosperous in what they do. We want them to have opportunities that we didn't. Sure. But when it comes to spiritual things, so many parents just want their kids to be as spiritual as mom or dad or just not bad. And I believe that it's during this time, I want to see parents want to see their kids go farther in God, get yeah, closer yeah. to Jesus than they've ever been before, and really kind of up um, the fact that uh, more, you know, uh, you're only going to play baseball so many years. You're only going to play some of these things. You know, you're only going to take karate lessons, um, you know, uh, for a certain amount of time. But yeah. To serve Jesus and live for him and, and be salt and light to this world, that's something we're training kids for a lifetime. Yeah. And it only comes by intentional behavior. And so um, that's one of the things that I hope through this time that parents look for opportunities to talk about the Lord. Now, in that verse, it says to parents, um, talk about the word in the morning at night, when you right. walk along the road or when you go somewhere, right. which uh, we're not going a whole lot of places, <laughs> but we are walking more. We are walking around the neighborhood. I tell you, uh, I've been walking around the neighborhood and I see all these people and uh, it, it's unreal. But it also says when you stay at home. So that's yeah. really every bit of time that a parent has. Yeah. And if we can be intentional about talking about the Lord and talking about how uh, those God sightings, I call them yay gods, just where did God okay. show up? And um, like that. we can just say yay God. And uh, uh, in our life and where he's answered prayer. And even in this time, you know, we're talking about all these prayer requests, but I know uh, we were praying um, a couple of weeks ago for a family in our church that tested positive for the coronavirus. Okay. And uh, it's the craziest thing, Dan, because uh, the dad got it, the two kids got it, and oh. mom, mom just, uh, she never tested positive at all. And, you know, she was right there in the midst of everybody. And uh, uh, it's crazy. But, you know, we've been praying for that family. Well, today, he got cleared by the Board of Health to go back to work. And, oh, bless the Lord. Uh, you know, so you talk about, well, they got the Coronas. And, yeah. uh, and then we forget to give God glory. There's more people that's gotten over this thing yes. than what's died. 
but you don't hear about that. And, uh, you know, just talking about, um, you know, I've been able to talk to younger people about when they were, we were, when I was in college, we were rationing gas and, uh, you know, here we were riding around on empty looking for gas with no cell phone. And uh, that was kind of the first, um, um, kind of, uh, crisis that people were just freaking out because you know this is going to sound old to a lot of people but when i started driving at 16 gas was 24.9 a quarter a gallon and in just uh four years when i found myself in college during this gas rationing it was five dollars a gallon so you know that from a quarter to five dollars just kind of freaked you out and uh you know god helped us with that he helped us with the oil spills they said it's going to be you know decades before we got over that god took care of that and so many things in my lifetime as a young guy um you know president kennedy was assassinated that was the first time that uh, a president had been killed right before our eyes i'm sure uh you know i just look at all the things that god has gotten us through and it's just like the stories in the old testament and the new testament uh, telling stories to our kids about healings, uh, about uh, where God showed up in our life when doctors gave you a verdict that uh, wasn't anything you wanted to hear, then God showed up. And uh, he did some great things. And so I think in this time, that being intentional to let kids know there's nothing too hard for the Lord. And Amen. he's been faithful in all these times and he's going to be faithful in this. And, um, you know, it's hard. Um, it's hard sometimes for kids to walk in faith when all they hear is negative talk. Right. And one of the greatest things we can do is just talk about, uh, those God stories with our kids and be intentional that, um, this is going to be something that in this time, um, all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. And, and I think families are going to be closer. Um, I know some marriages, um, they were talking in Italy and in some of those countries that when they got out of uh, quarantine, there was a lot of divorces because people that didn't have a good relationship mm. were locked in the house with each other. Right. And to me, um, this is a great time to practice be ye kind one to another, tender hearted forgiving one another. And I think as families walk that out and we're intentional with the time, I mean, get out the board games, turn off the television, um, tell stories um, about the goodness of God throughout your life to your kids. Do your kids know your God story? That's a, uh, uh, do do grand as grandparents tell their God story. And, um, I know, um, you know, that's one of those things that are important that we be intentional during this time, take advantage of those things. That's great. You know, and I love that you, you share Deuteronomy six, I think for, uh, for many of us kids pastors out there, that's always been uh, top of our list. Right. Um, so, you know, you talked about, you know, when you get up and when you go to bed, when you're home and when you're out. So what, what are some practical things that parents can do during this time to be intentional in all of the things that you just talked about, about sharing our stories, about opening the word, about 
partnering with their church, about sharing the curriculum. What, what are some practical tips, ideas, tricks, if you will, that parents can use? Well, the first thing is um, just because we're home that don't mean that we can't structure our day and prioritize what needs to be happening. Uh, you know, uh, I've seen all the people talking about everybody home in their pajamas and all this stuff, but I think it's important that we have some sort of routine where we get dressed, uh, we, we uh, take showers, uh, we do devotions, right. uh, we set time for school, we set time for family time, and we take back that family table. It's a, um, you know, to me, when I go out with my staff, I work at a church called The Belonging here in Nashville, and um, I'm the oldest person on staff. Most of <laughs> our, uh, 80, 85% of our church is 35 years old and younger. Right. And um, when I go out to eat with them, I make everybody put their devices in the middle of the table. And the first one that grabs the device has to buy everybody's lunch. Okay. And uh, uh, because I want to rock it old school yeah. and just teach people how to talk. And I think the greatest things we can do is get a basket, put all your devices in that basket, sit around the table and just, um, how are you doing? Uh, talk about the Lord. What's the Lord showing you in this right. time? What are prayer requests that you have? And just being intentional about that time. You've got the rest of the day that you can do all kinds of other things, but just while you're around that mealtime, be intentional to include the Lord and focus on your children. I think that so many parents and grandparents just need to listen to their kids um, and listen to what they're saying. And, um, you know, when I ask my grandsons, uh, uh, how do you feel about all this? They tell me because they know I really care. And then we'll pray about those things and we'll talk about them. Or, you know, all a stronghold is, is believing wrong information. And the Bible says that God's word is good for the tearing down of strongholds. So if we, um, take every thought captive and make it obedient right. to the Lord. What thoughts do we have that don't line up with God's word? And how can we demolish strongholds when they're saying, well, I, you know, I'm afraid that, you know, it's, it's, we uh, had our small group time and our kids were praying. And uh, one of the kids was just praying for all the nanas and pawpaws out there uh, wow. that they wouldn't get sick because, you know, they've been told, old people, watch out, you know, don't yeah. go to the store, old people. You know, yeah. it's funny because my age group, I went from being an older person to the elderly just during the coronavirus. <laughs> just overnight. Yeah, just overnight. All yeah. of a sudden, I wasn't old anymore. I was elderly. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things that's crazy. Um, you know, I still sit at the kids' table and hang out. Uh, I don't hang out with people my own age. And yeah. it's one of those things that, and looking at these things, we've, you know, kids are just, you know, they have the idea the devil's going to whisper into their minds, you know, Nana and Papa, you know, can just get infected, just, yeah. just being old and, and being able to identify those fears, line them up and be intentional with God's word and help kids apply the scripture now. 
Yeah. Uh, and you know this, Dan, it's crazy how, you know, we think that kids are the church of tomorrow. And I understand what people are saying by that, but they're just as much the church of today. Yeah. as any gray-haired saint. They're, they're, they're be, the leaders of the church for tomorrow. You better believe it. And, active and important part of today's church. Yeah. And being able to just help them think right and take every thought captive. You know, you think of everything you've been doing for a long time, you're better at than things you've just been doing on a short basis. Yeah. And so if we can get kids to take every thought captive and make it obedient, to the Lord at this age, um, imagine the difference at 40, 50, sure. 60, uh, sure. because they've had more practice to pr being intentional about walking out what God's word says. For sure. You know, I really love what you said about being intentional in our daily schedule. You know, I've really purposed yeah. to, to still get up at the same time, to get in the shower, um, to get to work. Now I'm working from home. Right. Um, so, you know, I have to find a spot. My kids are here. They're being homeschooled as well. Sometimes that creates a little bit of a challenge. Right. Um, you know, we've had to have the conversations that just because dad's home doesn't mean that you can continue to walk in and like there's got to be a structure. But on the other side of that, um, I'm also really working hard at structuring my day that when it comes to, you know, five, six o'clock that I close the laptop. Yeah, you know, because when you're working from home, it's easy to just continue to just work, work, work until the project's complete. But I want to shut my computer. I want to sit down, like you said, at the table. We've been uh, almost every night pulling out a board game or a card game and spending more time doing devotions uh, together. So I really think that having a structure in place, like you yeah. talked about, is imperative right now because when you have free time, if you want to call it that, on your hands, if you're not really managing that time, it's right. really going to get away from you real quick. So if we want to be intentional on uh, the involvement with our family, their kids, what we're doing. I think putting a structure in place yeah. is, is really, really super important. I'd encourage parents to even jot that down on a family. Yeah, family. yeah. And, yeah, and like what time does school start? What time does work start? Uh, and, and build a structure. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, one of my, fa I'm a far side comic fan. One of okay. my favorite uh, far sides is Boneless Chicken Ranch. And it shows this beautiful hillside and this ranch and all these hills. And it shows these chickens just laid out all over the hillside because they're boneless. They don't have a structure. They got a little chicken head, a little chicken beak, a little chicken feet. <laughs> They look like a chicken on the outside, but without that structure right. or that skeletal system, uh, that's what gives you the movement, what gives you able to um, accomplish what needs to happen. And the same thing, uh, you know, uh, when we built our house, I built an upstairs office uh, just so there was some separation. And I have, um, I, uh, it's kind of funny because my wife, when my doors close downstairs uh, in my office, uh, she knows I'm in an appointment or something going on. And so, uh, you know, she'll call um, from the home phone to my cell phone, uh, you know, before just coming up. And even my kids and grandkids, uh, they treat my home office just like I was at the office at the right. church. 
And so that, that being intentional, and I think having a time for school, uh, having a time to work, you know, when you do work from home all the time, uh, the real temptation is just wake up in the morning and start working. And I've had to set some limits for me where until I get in my office, whatever room I've designated to be my office, I don't start working till I go to the office and I'm in with my family. I'm intentional with them. Um, you know, I have a lunch hour just like I do the rest of the time and I don't take work during that off time. I leave my cell phone upstairs in the office while I go to the kitchen on my lunch hour That's good. and I uh, spend that time with my wife. And so, uh, another great thing in this time is to turn off your notifications, um, you don't need to know every time uh, an email goes off or a Facebook, you know, so, so many people on Facebook, and, uh, Instagram and all these things right now. And I just turn the notifications off and I set a time twice a day just to check all those messages and notifications and uh, those things. And uh, how much time again, do you allow yourself to do that? You know, I, I uh, you know, by law, we're supposed to, uh, have two 15 minute breaks. And so I give myself about 15 or 20 minutes in the morning, 15 or 20 minutes in the afternoon okay. and just use my break time. Um, I'll, um, get me a cup of coffee and check that stuff and, uh, use my break time. And uh, a lot of the schedule stuff, I wrote a book several years ago called beat the clock. It's just, okay. some, uh, it was, I wrote a chapter in my very first book about the importance of time management. You know, yeah. Batman, uh, you know, he's got his utility belt, but there's one tool on that utility belt. He doesn't always use the shark spray, but he always on a regular basis goes to that batarang. And yeah. to me, my batarang is time management. Right. That's the one thing that um, even in this time um, of, officing different and um you know for me um coming out of this there are certain things that i don't know that i'll even do at the office anymore uh, yeah. uh because yeah. uh you know um my pastor we were talking the other day and he's rethinking our whole way to work and officing because sure. uh you know rather than drive you know nashville traffic is just crazy and so rather well, than drive, no better yeah, Orlando's no better. Rather than driving two hours uh, or more a day, uh, I've been able to just work those hours, and and rather than have that commute time, and um, so, you know, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people don't act like their or my time belongs to me, and it does, and so. Uh, uh, this is just a practical book, Beat the Clock, Successful Strategies for Effective Time Management. Right. And uh, right now, anybody that orders any of my books, I'm including the digital free. And uh, jimwideman.com, you can check that out. And um, we're just excited. You know, it's important that in this time that you build some structure, you build some things. There's some practical goals and guides to help everybody manage the time that they've been given better. We all have 24. Uh, it's just how we use it. And so it's important uh, that we structure our time. And so uh, making that schedule to do things, 
blocking out time. I'm, you know, I want to be intentional about my time with the Lord. And so um, being able, you know, the, the number one thing that we all keep our appointments, we just don't make appointments for everything. And right. to me, uh, that's been the thing that, um, you know, years ago, I, I decided um, when I'm going on dates, when I'm uh, going to be celebrating certain things, big events in my kid's life, um, we could only take ballet from places that could tell me when the um, recital was mm. when it started in September. Right. Uh, we couldn't, I couldn't wait till April or May because my schedule traveling, you know, right. um, um, when I first met you, I was traveling, you know, 150,000, 200,000 air miles a year. And so yeah. um, it's one of those things that um, just had to plan ahead. And I think that for all of us being able to come out of this time, um, you know, like uh, this morning, the first thing my wife asked is, when can you come to lunch? And so mm -hmm. we scheduled our lunchtime uh, between uh, calls and assignments and work and things that we were doing. Yeah. And um, you make make appointments for your time with the Lord, make appointments for time with your family, make appointment to exercise. Yeah. Uh, you know, being stuck at home, I've been being more intentional about uh, um, being able to go for a walk. And the fun thing yeah. is, my grandkids live in my same neighborhood, so all walks lead by their house. Oh, uh, I bring my ball glove and uh, uh, we'll call them when I get over there and we practice social distancing by throwing the baseball and right. uh, uh, just, you know, having fun with that. And so, um, you know, it's just intentional folks yeah. uh, are able to uh, not just accomplish things on accident, but accomplish things on purpose. And I think that's important. It is important, you know, and, and you won't remember this day, but I do, like it was yesterday. Uh, I, was, I was a young guy just starting off in ministry, no kids, working at a, a decent sized church. And you asked me the question, so when is date night with your wife? And I probably stared at you like a deer in the headlights. And, and you said, okay, and this is gonna date both of us, right? You said, take out your day planner. You remember day yeah. planners? This yeah. was oh, yeah. even before Palm Pilots. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and you said, I want you to write in a date night with your wife every week as an appointment and keep it because you don't miss appointments. And Jim, let me tell you that that was, you know, probably close to 20 years ago. Yeah. And Thursday night is date night. Thursday night is family night for the youngs, which that means when I leave the office on Thursday and I try to not uh, schedule anything past five o'clock, then Thursday night into Friday, Friday being my day off, is really uh, just, it is time scheduled intentionally that, that I can be with my family because that is just important. So that over the last two decades of advice that you've given me has really helped not only solidify my marriage, but also strengthen my family. So it is really important to make sure that those things that matter to us end up on a calendar as right. an appointment because we don't miss appointments. That's it. So our time with God, our time with exercise, our, our time with our family, whatever it is that's important. It's not that we don't have time. 
It's just that we're not using the time effectively right. to make right. those things priority. Yeah, so good. Among so much advice that you've given me, that, that is uh, way up there in the top. So thank you for that. Thank you, man. So, so what are you reading today? What do you, what do you, what do you Well, have? I'll be honest. Uh, I'm not really reading anything because I'm writing again. Okay. And, uh, when I write, I don't read, so I won't write in the same voice of what I'm reading. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm real conscious when I'm, I'm working on a grandparent book. I'm working on a history of children's ministry book. Uh, and I'm also um, working uh, on a, another uh, parenting book as well. And so uh, I set an appointment every Friday uh, at two o'clock and I start writing and I write from two to four 30 every Friday. And, uh, uh, that's my appointment to write. And uh, I found that when I just work on one project, I'm not always feeling that project. Yeah. Uh, but giving myself three at a time, uh, I have an option of which one I feel like writing in. Mm. And, I, uh, and that kind of helps me. Um, that's good. Uh, do those things. And that's in addition to any other articles or things I'm writing. I set appointments to write those specifically, but yeah. just writing books, you know, that I stole that from John Maxwell. Uh, they asked him how in the world you write all those books. He said every Thursday from seven 30 to, uh, 11. And, uh, okay. he got up every Thursday and that was his time to write. And he just wrote. All right. So let, let, let me ask you this, because you're a guy that, that gives advice all the time. You're always pouring out into others. Um, everything you say is just so spot on. What's, what's the best piece of advice that someone has given to you over the years? Well, I'm kind of like Forrest Gump. I'm from Alabama, and my mother told me stuff all the time. And the best advice I ever got was from my mom. Okay. And uh, she told me a long time ago, she said, uh, things are never as bad as you think they are. And you're not as wonderful as you think you are. Okay. It's always in between those two. And right. that has probably helped me more than anything. It's never as bad as I think. And um, uh, then I, I, the second greatest advice is about working in a church. And the first pastor I ever worked for, he told me, when somebody tells you everybody's mad, count the everybody's he says wow. it's usually two old women that hadn't been happy in 40 years wow. and uh and so uh that's you know when when i'm told everybody's doing this or everybody feels this way or everybody is mad i just count to everybody's this okay and there's usually more for me than what's against me and again when we look at scripture if god is for us it don't matter who's against you right well, I mean, that, that really goes a long way, right? Because we hear that phrase all the time, well, everyone this or everyone that. Everyone this. And, and you're right. And what is the, the everyone's? You may have just tackled this, but as we, as we wrap this up, and I just want to say thanks for your time because I do know that you are intentional and yeah. I understand that your schedule is full. And for you uh, to just take the time to, to chat with me today really blesses my heart. And I, well, there's no friend friend. like an old friend. <laughs> it used to call me old man no it's just for a long time i've been yeah, a friend okay, long. Right. i mean well, if it's more than one decade that's 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 a long time yeah yeah in fact i think last time we were together you had mentioned that uh 
uh, I was the first guy to take you to Starbucks. Is that is that correct? Yeah, you really were. You were the first person. And, you know, nobody, uh, nobody in New York. It's so funny because uh, I started going to New York in right. Long Island. And I want to go see the cities. Yeah. And all the people in Long Island, they said, with that accent, you, <laughs> redneck should not be running loose in New York City. Yeah. And I told you I wanted to go to New York City. And, uh, man, uh, I tell you, if y'all, if, if pastoring doesn't work out, tour guiding of New York is something that you are amazing at. And oh, thank uh, you. so it's one of those things that I uh, went to my first Starbucks uh, back in the day, uh, went, uh, went to Chinatown yep. and uh, I think uh, uh, little Italy and all, all kind of great places. And, and your girls are with us. And I remember that they just wanted to shop, shop, shop. Oh my day. goodness. I, tell I don't you. know how you made it out of there or any money and you left in your wallet. Well, thank Thank God for book sales. That's all I got to say. <laughs> that was great. That was great. All right. So as we wrap up, what's one word of encouragement that, that you would just want to throw out there to grandparents, parents, families everywhere that, that would listen? I, I think the important thing is that um, our walk with God is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. And the key is uh, to just um, structure and plan on doing things for the long haul. Mm -hmm. um, coming out of, of this coronavirus, uh, what are the great things we want to keep up? Uh, and I just hope we don't go back to some of the things we just did by default, that we realize that everything we do, um, um, it has to do with our intentions, and intentional behavior, if we're going to hit the mark. Uh, that we're hitting in every part of our life. And uh, that we come out of this thing saying, the most important thing is for me to have a family who's close and who loves Jesus, first of all, and loves each other. And if we can come out of this um, continuing to do those things that draw us closer uh, to each other, but more intentionally closer to God, I think that's, important. Amen. I don't, I don't think uh, truer words have ever been said. Well, Jim, thanks for your time today. As always. Thank you. And give my love to your sweet family. Yep. Likewise. Tell, tell your wife and kids and grands, I said hello. And I look forward to when I can see you again. I hope it'll be soon. I'm ready. I'm ready to get to Orlando. All right. Come on down anytime. All right. Love, man. love you, buddy. So Talk much. to you soon. Love you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.